Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it, church. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And Father, as we gather together in your name, Jesus said, if two or three touch and agree as having anything on this earth, we can have it. So Father, we're asking for manna. We're asking for rhema. We're asking for a word that will change our lives today. And so as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God who's already here to minister life, encouragement, and belief into our hearts as we hear your word. And I declare, like I do every Sunday, that according to your word, I expect signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of this word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody who believe that say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled, I Give Up. Just look at your neighbor and say, I Give Up. Every year, I normally take the first part of the year to teach on giving principles and kingdom giving. And so far in our series, we've learned that when we give of our financial resources into the kingdom of God, it is giving upward and not downward. Everybody say upward and not downward. Even though the church may benefit from my giving, it is giving unto the Lord and not unto me. And Jesus called it laying up treasures in heaven. Now, in our second lesson, we discovered that there are some deceptions about giving that the average believer has fallen into. And these deceptions not only can keep us from being sowers or givers, But these deceptions can contaminate our hearts and our hearts must stay fertile in order for our harvests to be effective. Finally, on last week, we learned that giving has dynamics to it. However, uh, this is how it works. The way you and I measure it out is how it will come back to us. So today is going to be our fourth lesson, and our title, if you're taking notes, is The Power of Expectation. The Power of Expectation. And our focus is going to be on understanding the role that expectation plays when it comes to giving and receiving. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to look in verse 1, and then Mark chapter 11, verses 22. That was Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Now, let me warn you in advance, I'm going to be using a lot of Scripture this morning. I'm not going to ask you to turn to it. But in order for me to give you a scriptural and biblical foundation on what it means to expect from God, I have to cover more than just two verses. Amen. 
Now, the dictionary defined expectation as to look forward to. Everybody say to look forward to. It also means to anticipate. Say anticipate. And then it also means the degree of probability that something will occur. Now, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, I'm going to show you this word expect or expectation in a way you've never seen it before. I'm reading out of the King James Version and then I'm going to move over to the Living Bible. In the King James Version, Hebrews 11:1 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, that word hoped is the word expected when you look it up. Now, the Living Bible says this. I love it because it brings clarity to what I'm saying. It says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Now, when you look the word faith or the word hope up in that verse, faith is the foundation. When you look up the word substance, it means foundation. Everybody say foundation. It also means substructure. In other words, it's supporting something. So faith is the foundation. It's the supporting of or it's the support base of things that we hope for. Or let me say it like this. Faith is the foundation, the substructure, or the support base of things that we expect. So listen, if you have no expectations, your faith has no way to work. I'm going to say that again. If you have no expectations, your faith has no way to work. In other words, what I'm saying is, hope means expectation, And hope is our spiritual photo. It's our blueprint. It's what we desire. And this is why the enemy causes most people to not have desires because he knows that you need that for your faith to work. Amen. And here's the thing. God promises us a harvest on what we sow, but many people never see the full-blown manifestation of their harvest. Genesis 8.22, you can write it down. It says, while the earth remains, is the earth still here? Okay, so this verse I'm about to finish reading is still in effect. He says, while the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So he's saying that as long as the earth is still here, then there's going to be a cycle of seed time and harvest. And if that's the case, why is it that most believers never see the harvest part on a big manifestation level after they sow seed? Well, there are three things. Everybody say three things. There are three main problems that I believe most Christians have when it comes to expectation. Here's problem number one. Some of us were raised to believe that it is wrong to expect something from God. I mean, if God chooses to do something for us, that's fine. But for me to expect him to do something is almost sinful or sacrilegious to some of us because we were taught, you don't need to expect nothing from God. Whatever God wants to do for you, he'll do. Let me explain something to you all today. The will of God is not automatic. 
Okay, let me rewind now. Listen. The will of God is not automatic. Everybody say, the will of God is not automatic. I can see most people think, well, if God wants me to be blessed, I will be blessed. If God wants me to be healed, I will be healed. Well, if God wants me to be saved, I will be saved. Here's the problem. He cannot do it without your participation. How many, it is, is it the will of God for everybody to be saved? Is it? It is the will of God. But here's the question. Is everybody saved? No. Why? Because they must do the prescribed thing that God has outlined in his word for them to do. He says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Watch this. You shall be saved. So even though it's, it's, it's his will for me to be saved, if I do not confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, watch this. I'll never be saved even though it's the will of God. And it is the will of God, and most people were taught wrong. So that's problem number one. Here's problem number two, is that most people tend to expect little or nothing, so their disappointments are not crushed. I'm talking about the average believer. Either they believe that, oh, you don't need to expect nothing from God, or the second issue is, well, I'll expect, but I'm not going to expect that much. And the major problem with this type of thinking is that you will tend to get what you expect in life. Amen. If you expect all men to be dogs, that's what you're going to marry. The question is, what kind of dog are you going to marry? A bulldog? <laughs> a German shepherd? If you expect nothing, you get nothing. You expect little, you get little. And many times when we expect much, we receive little. Watch this, because our expectations are built on a man-made system or platform. For example... 2 Corinthians 9, which we say every Sunday, says that God will cause favor to abound toward us when we give. Watch this now. Here's the problem. Favor, because it's spiritual, is not built into man-made, the man-made system. In other words, it's not written in the company handbook how to trigger favor to move up and receive bonuses. It's not part of man's system. And so some of us, our expectations, watch this now, it's tied to man. It's tied to the man-made system. And then here's the third and biggest problem, I believe, is that most believers, uh, when it comes to expectation, it's, watch this, they are hoping or expecting in the wrong thing or they're hoping or expecting the wrong way. Now, I'm going to explain that as I move forward. Go to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. Today, my goal is to help you have a biblical way to expect from God. So when you are standing in faith for increase, for your harvest, or for whatever you want to have in your life, you have a biblical way in doing it. See, here's the problem I've discovered. Most people believe in the Bible, but that doesn't necessarily mean they believe it will happen for them. Amen. Mark chapter 11, look at verse 23, 22. Now, let me give you the, 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 the context real quick. Jesus had walked by a fig tree. The fig tree had leaves on it. He went to go get some figs off of it because I guess he was hungry. He wanted a healthy snack, and there were no figs on the tree. So the Bible says he spoke to the tree, and he cursed it. They went on about their way. Nothing happened instantly because if it would have, they would have said something. So 24 hours, they went somewhere. They came back on their way back through there. 
they noticed, the disciples noticed the tree had withered away. So now Jesus is explaining to them how he did that. So we pick it up in verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in who? God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, watch this now, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, most people have made their desire or what they are believing God as their focus. Because it just said, what things soever you desire, believe you receive them and you shall have them. But he didn't necessarily tell us to make our desire or what we're believing for our focus. Because the focus is not necessarily what we're believing God for. Because remember how he started this conversation out. Go back to verse 22. He just, it says, and Jesus answering said unto them, have what? Faith in what? Although the things that we desire part was explained in detail, the foundation of the conversation was started with faith. There's no need to desire a belief for nothing if your faith is not intact. Let me just say it like this. If you don't have faith on the front end, whatever you're believing for is just a wish. That's deep right there. So what I'm going to do is give you the major principle behind the power of expectation when it comes to how we give up front. I'm going to give it to you up front and then I'm going to build your faith along the way so that you can have increase and flow on a regular basis in your life. So check this out. When it comes to biblical expectations and specifically regarding the returns on kingdom giving, everybody say kingdom giving. In returns of on your kingdom giving, our expectation, listen to me now, should not be in the seed that we are sowing or even in the thing that we desire for God to do. Our expectation should be in the promise, watch this, and the promise keeper of what he says will happen when I sow. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I need you to get me. When it comes to biblical expectations, everybody say biblical expectations. When it comes to biblical expectations, when God says he makes a promise on what, on, what, on what happens after we give, our expectation should not be in the seed or in even what we desire to see happen. Our expectation should be in the promise and the promise keeper. Now, I'll show you the difference here. Go to Psalm 62. Go to Psalm 62. I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 62. We're going to look in verse 5. I'm going to show you that most people's faith can't work because their expectation is in the wrong thing. Psalm 62, look in verse 5. David says, my soul, he waits only upon God. And my expectation is from who? Are y'all there? Look up here on the screen if you don't have it. Now, that's the King James Version. Uh, Psalm, I'm in Psalm 62, verse 5. Psalm 62, not 66, 62. Go to, go to 62 real quick and then go to verse 5. All right? Psalm 
See how I put that pressure on them. <laughs> I love you back there, girl. All right. Listen. Come on. Let's read it together. My soul waits thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Now, I love the Amplified Bible. It says, my soul waits only upon God and silently submits to him. Watch this. For my hope and expectation are from him. So my expectation is not in what I want. My expectation is in the word that promised me what I want. Did you get that? See, most people, their expectation is from their boss. I'm expecting them to promote me. Their expectation is in their company. Their expectation is in their spouse. Their expectation is in their own ability. But no, 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 no. David said, my expectation is from God. And see, that's how you can get every expectation met because your expectation is not on a man-made system. Now I'm expecting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to come through with what he said he was going to do. Amen. Last September, August, September, I'm preaching in the second service. Some of you all may remember this if you fluctuate between the first and second service. I'm preaching and all of a sudden I get, I, I, God shows me something spiritually. It was interesting. I'm preaching and I start getting on this thing, you know, by drinking, you know. And, I, and it's not wrong to drink. The Bible don't say it is. But it is wrong to get drunk. Can I get an amen from all the drinkers? Thank you. <laughs> See, I got you, I got you, I got you. I got you. No. I ain't messing with you on that. I ain't messing with you on that. But that particular day, I got in this vein and I was like, you know what? Some of you all, your conviction level has gone up and you stop drinking and you stop cussing. And I said, some of y'all to start hanging out with people who socially drink. And I said, you don't start back drinking. And right when I said that in that service, I saw somebody had brought some cognac to church. Now, those of you who don't drink or have not drank before, cognac is a type of liquor or spirit. It's a type of spirit or liquor. They call them spirits. Some of you have many, but anyway. (laughs) So I said, somebody done brought some cognac to church. I said, who did that? And everybody started laughing. And then about seven or eight seconds after I said that, I saw a million dollar check in the spirit and I saw the check was typed out and I didn't see the name or who the check was to, but I saw the amount. It was a million dollars. And I said, I don't know who that million dollars is for, but whoever it is, just receive it in Jesus name. Well, everybody's told, I receive, I receive, I receive. <laughs> after church that day, brother Keith, who plays a saxophone, he played for Prince and all the big people in the world still does. Well, he was out doing a gig uh, about a couple of weeks before. He came up to me and said, Pastor, you're going to laugh. I said, what is it? He says, well, remember you said somebody brought some cognac to church today? I said, yeah. He said, well, I was out of town doing a gig a couple of weeks ago, and the promoter of the gig decided to give all the musicians a sample bottle of cognac. He said, well, I don't drink it. So when they gave it to me, I just threw it in my saxophone case and forgot about it. He said, Pastor, why is it that that was the saxophone that I was playing this morning and the cognac was in my saxophone case right there on the back of the, back of the uh, stage? And he saw, sent me a picture so I could show y'all. Well, watch this now. If the cognac was real, 
the million dollar check was real. There it is right there. There's the bottle. Y'all see that bottle? There's the bottle of cognac right there. So check this out. I started praying. Lord, I don't know who who's supposed to get, give that million dollars, but Father, I just thank you for them start giving it in Jesus' name. I mean, I was praying like that. And finally, the Lord said to me, Evan. Now, first I was praying, Lord, give them the money. Lord, whoever it is, give them the million dollars so they can give it. He said, Evan, they already got the million dollars. He said, because, he said, was the cognac there that day? I said, yeah. He said, then the million dollars was there too. He said, so stop praying for me to give it to them. They already got it. So then I was like, well, Lord, help them start giving it, it, Lord. Help them start giving it to whoever. And then the Lord revealed it that they're going to give it to Word of Truth Family Church. And so so then finally he's like, Evan, you're missing it. See, because now I started praying for them to be able to give it. He said, Evan, I'm the Lord of the harvest. Your expectation of the million is not from the person, it's from me. And that's why a lot of people's expectations never get met because it's based on a man's system or somebody else's ability. It's not based on them. David said, my expectation is from the Lord. Amen. And some people have received very little return on their giving because their return from their seed they sowed was purely based on the ground of where they were sowing or how they, were, how they felt at the time. In fact, there are those of you Touch your neighbor and say he's talking to you right now. There are those of you right now who haven't received the full manifestation of your harvest because in your mind, when you were giving, you gave it in your last church and because you don't belong there no more, you don't realize that your harvest is still dormant. But let me just set the record straight. When you give in a church service, you're not giving to the church. You're planting it into the kingdom of God. So it doesn't matter what church, as long as they are believers in Jesus Christ. Because, see, we want to make the ground the church. The ground can't be the church. The ground is the kingdom. I said the ground is the kingdom. Amen. And our expectation of our return should be based on the word of the king that that resides over that kingdom. Now, go to Luke chapter 1 quickly. Go to Luke chapter 1. Uh, this story was about Mary and I'm about to set you free today because see, some of us need to get some expectation birth on the inside. I know you in menopause, but you still need to get pregnant. Luke chapter one, look at verse 26. It says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, you are highly favored. The Lord is blessed. Uh, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Just put a pen there. Because if you look that word favor up right there, it's the same Greek word as the word grace over in 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to close with it, but I just want to tell you in advance that the word grace is also the word favor watch what he says here he says and behold you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name jesus he shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest and the lord god shall give him the throne of his father david and he shall reign over his house jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end watch what mary's response is 
Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also the thing which shall be born of you shall be called the son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived her son in an old in her old age. That was for somebody right there. You old, you want a baby? Go for it, girl. Come on, you only limited by what you believe. All things are possible to him that believes. If you want the doctor to limit you, go ahead. Watch verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be what? Impossible. I love this. Watch this now. And Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me. Watch this. According to how I feel. Be it according to me based on what the doctor said. Be it according to me based on what my mama said about me growing up. No, he said, be it. She said, be it unto me according to your word. And when our expectation is from God, then you and I stay in the realm of all things are possible. Amen. Let me give you a take home thought. Everybody say, hmm. A lot of people have the principle of giving down, but not the promise of giving down on the inside of them. I'm going to say that again. A lot of people have the giving principle down. They know they're supposed to give to the Lord. But most people do not have the promise of giving down inside of them. In other words, when you give, God has made you a promise. My question is, how much of that promise is on the inside? Whenever you put something on the inside of you, it changes how you act, talk, and think. Get a little liquid courage in you. For those of you who don't know, that's another name for liquor. Get some on the inside of you. You start talking different, whether it's slurring or not. You talk different, and if you get too much of it, you're going to walk different. You know why? Because what you put in you has affected you. And when you get the promises on the inside of you, they will affect you. You will talk differently. And it is the will of God for you and I to expect God to produce a return for us when it comes to our giving. Now go to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to close right here. Philippians chapter 4. It is the will of God. For you and I to expect God to produce a harvest anytime you and I get ready to sow. Philippians chapter 4 verse 15. He says, now you Philippians know. This was Paul writing to the Philippians. He says that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving. They're married to each other. Giving and receiving. Everybody say giving and receiving. Here's the problem. Most people believe this one, but they don't believe this one. Watch what he says here. He says, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again into my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. He says, but I have all and I abound. I'm full, having received uh, from Epaphroditus the things which you have sent, 
an odor of a sweet smell, and a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. If you notice, the gift that they gave him, he described as something that was well-pleasing to God. Watch verse 19. Then he says, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The Living Bible reads this way. As you well know, when I first brought the gospel to you and then went on my way leaving Macedonia, uh, Macedonia, only you Philippians became my partners in giving and receiving. No other church did this. Even when I was over in Thessalonica, you sent help twice. But though I appreciate your gifts, what makes me the happiest is, watch this now, the well-earned reward you will have because of your kindness. There is a reward that comes when you give. And I'm trying to get you to expect now God to do some things that he has already promised. This is not a new promise. This is something that I'm trying to get on the inside of you. Because when you get it on the inside of you, giving becomes easy. It's easy because I know that whatever leaves my hand always comes back multiplied in my life. Amen. You and I have a biblical right to expect God to reward us, favor us, increase us, and bless us. Go to 2 Corinthians 9 on the screen. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to show you something that's going to change your life. Here's why most people are limited in their harvest. Because they give money and that's all they expect back. What a limited view. What a limited view. There's some things money can't do for you, baby. It can take you to the hospital, but it can't get you well. It can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you sleep. See, see, if your, money, if your mindset about giving and returning on your giving is only money, you have a small, limited view of what giving does in your life. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 9. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he who sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, that's talking about giving, didn't say what. Every man according as he purposes in his heart. We talked about that last week. So let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Watch verse 8. Now he just described, he says, okay, that's the principle. Here comes the promise. And God is able... Now, 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 hold on. Notice it didn't say God will. It said he's able. Because his willingness only becomes ability when I believe him for it. See, he's able regardless of if you believe it or not. But he becomes able when you choose to believe. Oh, y'all didn't get that, did you? See, that's why some people can flow in the blessings of God and you struggling over here. Why? Because, see, I have a mindset of favor. Watch what he says. And God is able, after I give, he's able to make all grace. Remember that word grace. That's that word grace. It translates favor. And watch what this favor does. It abounds towards me. And then what happens? He says, you always. Now, see, now he's talking to me. He said, you. Everybody say you. He said, you always. Watch this now. Having all sufficiency in all things. Let's just stop right there. He said, I ought to always have something. Look at your neighbor and say, you ought to always have something. 
Come on, listen. If you are running out, it's because you have stopped the process. Watch what he says here. I got to stop right here. Watch what he says here. He says you're supposed to have all in all things so that you can keep doing every good work. And that's the problem. See, now when the harvest starts, see, when you first was believing God, you were struggling. You had to name your hoopty because every hoopty needs a name. Come on, you in that 400 square feet apartment with five kids and you learn this principle on giving and God starts blessing you and boy, you just started doing it. And then the harvest starts getting bigger because they will. And uh, all the harvest is not for God, but it all ain't all for you either. And see, people stop doing the, the good works with it. So watch this now. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation in verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. What am I saying today, uh, church? When you give, you have a biblical right to expect God to do what he promised. Well, what did he promise? He says, give and it what? Shall be given. How? Good measure. Hold on. God don't need no loan from you. Well, I gave my thousand dollars. I'm believing he's going to give it back. Well, you might as well just give me the loan and I'll give it back when you need it. He didn't say he would give it back to you. He said he would give it back. Good measure. Come on, say it. Press down. Shaking together. And what? Shall who? Me. Now, watch this. Even though it's coming from me and I'm expecting it from God. So I got to stop right here. Maybe I'll finish it in the second service. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Y'all give the Lord a Did y'all learn something? Good. With every head bowed, every head bowed, you, if you're here today, here's my question. Are you, are you 100% sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? Are you 100% sure?